What's up, everyone? Welcome to another week of XFL Weekly. We are entering week four of the XFL. XFL week three is behind us. I am your host, Kyle Krajewski, joined by my lovely co-host, beautiful as always, Zach Cole. Uh, Zach, what's up? You're too kind, man. I appreciate it. It's uh, nothing new, really. You know, it was another good week. We saw the the scores start to go up this week. You know, we saw some shootouts. It was it was a fun week of football, uh, and I'm excited to chat about it with you, man. Yeah, it was it was an exciting week of football, uh, and it it does not stop there as we've got another week of it coming up. But before we get into it, we are XFL Weekly. We're here to talk anything and everything XFL Weekly. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at XFL underscore weekly. If you're listening to this as a podcast, we are on YouTube as XFL Weekly. Or if you're on YouTube, we are also a podcast on audio formats. Basically, wherever you listen to podcasts, just XFL Weekly, you can find us. And then you can find us on TikTok. I posted one this past weekend. XFL Weekly. Find us wherever, basically on social media, we're there. XFL Weekly. Before we get into these games, a few news and notes kind of floating around here. Ex-Guardian quarterback, he was released by the Guardians, Quentin Dormady, for allegedly giving opposing teams the offensive playbook. Uh, and, and there's it's kind of it's kind of been mixed reviews that I've seen saying it's still up in the air. They're investigating it, but realistically, what happened is I mean, the Guardians were not playing well, and I think the Guardians may have found a scapegoat and backup QB Dormady kind of handing over offensive playbook. <laughs> To just teammates, uh, to opposing teams. Uh, and I think that's kind of the detriment. I put in quotes, detriment of the hub kind of system that the XFL has set up. But I, I think this is going to be a one case scenario if it even <laughs> happened. I'm just amazed that it's even possible. Uh, but that is interesting. Well, and I think, Kyle, the most interesting part of this is that, you know, you mentioned maybe it's a scapegoat for the Guardians. And then they went out and put up nine points following releasing the poor guy um so i think that maybe that (laughs) that kind of solidifies the fact that he was a scapegoat and i'm actually seeing um i was just doing some research on it and the xfl actually reinstated dormity so it kind of makes me question whether anything actually happened but i think the thing that we definitely know that happened was that the guardians just solidified themselves as uh the notorious dumpster fire of the league things are just not going well in orlando and i don't know whether that's a top-down thing i don't know whether it's coaching down to players i don't know whether it's just in the player in the locker room and that's where the issue lies it's just ugly it really really is it's ugly yeah thing things are not looking great for them uh but hopefully they're turning it around as it has just been announced last night as a as of recording this, they're bringing back a XFL 2020 QB onto their roster. The Guardians have signed quarterback Quinton Flowers, previously with the LA Vipers, and he's kind of been floating around between, uh, he's played in the fan-controlled football league back in 2021. Sorry, not the LA Vipers. I get that mixed up. It was the LA Wildcats, <laughs> but he played for the Tampa Bay Vipers. So he's going from Tampa Bay Vipers over just across the state lovely florida to orlando to play for the guardians it's the tampa bay vipers not the la vipers you know i i think uh i think the uh the guardians kind of went out and they thought oh who's a guy that probably has a lot of that neon green 
uh, equipment already because if you remember yep. the Vipers used to be that neon green team, yep. now the Guardians are. So they're like, oh, we'll pick this guy. I think that's how he they- he know he knows the color of this team <laughs> well enough. These receivers are going to be familiar. Uh, <laughs> no, so, I'm guessing. Uh, I'm guessing with the signing, they're just looking for some stable ground. Um, you mentioned he was in the league in 2020 when it ran. He's played bounced around a couple leagues. I think that they're just looking for any sort of stability, any sort of leadership in that locker room, and hopefully he's a guy. Yeah. I think that's what they're banking on. Dormady was drafted to the XFL in 2020 as a running back, transitioned to a QB, took a few weeks off, I think, for a personal break, made his return, and then is now back in 2023. Um, this so is, uh, that's not Dormady, that's Flowers, correct? Correct, that's Flowers. Okay, all right, just want to make sure. Yep, and then other random news, we've got two trades. One is an exciting three-team trade, which I always just love to see. They could be the most basic trades ever. But three teams getting together and being like, let's do it. Love to see it. Between the Renegades, the Defenders, and the Guardians, kind of rotating. Javante Payton is now in Arlington, wide receiver. And then tight end Alex Ellis is now in D.C. And then lineman T.J. Storman now in Orlando. Then a second trade happened, probably immediately after that one. Between the Defenders and the Vipers, swapping Antonio Garcia lineman to Defenders. And then D-back. Josh Allen, the third professional Josh Allen, uh, is going to Vegas. So a few trades, a few quick notes there, quick news around the XFL. I would, uh, In my mind, I would love nothing more than to think that this Josh Allen is the actual Buffalo Bills Josh Allen with like a mustache on or something, you know, like one of those fake mustaches. He's playing he's just, <laughs> he's he's just moonlighting as a D-back in the XFL. <laughs> I, I would love that. That'd be great. But Staying, uh, staying in shape in the, in the spring, playing some, <laughs> yeah. some This XFL is his off-season football. training. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, another quick point I just want to mention. I think it's cool that we saw a three-team trade in the XFL. I mean, they're real popular in the in the MLB and the NBA, but we never ever see them in the NFL. So um, I kind of like that we're starting to think a little bit outside the box already with the XFL and kind of get more creative with the trades. So um, kudos, kudos to those three teams that made a trade together. It's, I love to see some some unity, some some sportsmanship among the teams. You know, yeah, it's really cool, and I think another I guess benefit to the hub system is that everybody's kind of always together. So yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if this. It's just the first of many uh, three-team trades, and yeah. hopefully it is because it's it's exciting and really cool to be like, all right, I want that guy, but they want this guy, uh, and I can't provide that. So that's cool. Yeah, it definitely is. All right, so news and notes out of the way. Uh, let's get into week three recap. Uh, just a quick quick run through um, of this beautiful week that we saw take place. First, we had Saturday night. We had the Sea Dragons versus the Vipers. Uh, which I think was a, an incredible matchup, incredible mm-hmm. offensive matchup, yep. which I think is always great to put on display. Uh, we saw uh, an incredible Josh Al- or Josh Gordon, uh, Josh Allen on the brain, uh, an incredible <laughs> Josh Gordon, uh, like fourth down, 60-yard touchdown, which, I mean, was the highlight of the weekend, I think. Um, mm-hmm. That was beautiful to see. Then we saw the Battlehawks face the defenders, uh, in the hometown of the Beer Snake, uh, defenders came out to a hot start. Started off fourteen uh, zero after a pick six, and then uh, Battlehawks kind of made it a good game, but the defenders toughed it out. And then we had the Roughnecks versus the Brahmas, uh, hosted the Brahmas, um, and then Houston kind of stays three in, or stays perfect uh, three and zero currently. 
Um, and we saw they're undefeated from even the start of 2020. So <laughs> they're coming out on top in all of these matchups. <laughs> and then the lovely Guardians and the Renegades keeping it low. They were like, all this offense <laughs> is taking place. Uh, no more of that. And they put on a lovely uh, 10 to 9 matchup. Renegades coming out on top. Uh, and what what a week. I love to see a good baseball score in a, in a football game. Uh, 10 to 9. I, I know that's high scoring, but that feels more like a baseball score than football score. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. What, what a game. But I, I want to hear your takeaways. I know you had a few few guys you wanted to call out, a uh, few special players that you wanted to really. Yeah, I, I kind of wanted to highlight the, uh, the quarterbacks from this weekend. I thought we saw some really spectacular quarterback performances um, from three guys specifically, I would say. Um, the first of which was our, our Saturday game we saw, which was Ben DiNucci. I mean, the dude just, excuse my French, threw his ass off in that game. I mean, he was just... Uh, they needed a guy that was going to come out and sling it, and he was he was that guy. I saw somewhere on Twitter they were like, he's the Patrick Mahomes of the XFL. <laughs> I was like, all right, let's let's slow it down a little bit. But, I mean, he came out, he threw for 377. Um, he threw four touchdowns. You alluded to that one about Josh Gordon, um, and I'm sure you'll talk about him a little bit later. But he was just spec- spectacular in the game. Um, yeah. And then another guy that uh, I thought really showed up, uh, two other guys were um, – AJ McCarron for the St. Louis Battlehawks and uh, Brandon Silvers for the Houston Roughnecks. Um, I mean, McCarron was able to, a- anytime they needed some points on the board, he was able to deliver for them. Obviously, they came up short um, to the uh, to the defenders in the end there. But I mean, he he really, I, I was very impressed. He was super poised in the pocket. Um, just looked like he was uh, looked like he was comfortable. I mean, looked like he was totally operating that offense. And, you know, we talk about the guardians and, and the Vipers and some of these teams that are hurting a little bit at the quarterback position. And I mean, this just goes to show that it means a lot to have a, a calm, confident and, and secure guy at that quarterback position. And I think there's no better um, example of that than Brandon Silvers with, like you mentioned, three and L roughnecks. I mean, every ball that he was throwing. And again, you'll mention some of these guys in a couple minutes here, but every ball that he was throwing was just on the money. And he was making his receivers look spectacular because um, every ball he was throwing was catchable and they could go get it and they could just make a really nice play on it. So um, shout out to those three guys. They, they were a blast to watch this weekend. And we saw um, McCarron and Danucci both kind of get to shoot out a little bit. They, they put up a lot of points and, Brandon Silver's game managed very, very well and led his team to a victory. So shout out to those three quarterbacks. Those were my uh, focal points of the weekend. Yeah, you wanted to highlight the passers. I really wanted to hone in on the uh, the receivers here, um, especially the the three, uh, the two Sea Dragons receivers of Josh Gordon, Jockier Pier- and Jockier P- Jockor Pearson. Sorry, I <laughs> jumbled that up. Uh, those two, and I... I'm sure a huge chunk of it of that thanks goes to Ben Danucci, but seeing Josh Gordon snag that ball out of the the air on that 60 yard uh, touchdown, run around three guys and just make his way <laughs> into the end zone was beautiful to see. Uh, Jacor Pearson continues to be a, a target hog, uh, and it it it's working out. He's balling out. He's the current receiving leader in the XFL, uh, and then John Trey Kirkland of the Roughnecks. Oh man. Probably catch of the year, uh, catch of the season, and will will probably be a tough one to beat. But he's he's dominating. Uh, I think him and I think Kirkland and Pearson are two guys that I think by the end of the season 
Uh, and throughout the summer, we'll be discussing as potential NFL signings. Um, and Josh Gordon, too, just because he's familiar. But I think Pearson and Kirkland are two guys that are just kind of making making a name for themselves in this league. And if they keep it up, they've they've got something coming for them. And I, I'm excited. I love watching them play. Yeah, I mean, you hit the nail right on the head. And I think with Pearson specifically, I mean, the dude's got 23 receptions through three games. Um, you do some quick mental math. He's averaging eight catches a game, which you don't even see guys. Like, I mean, you see the the target hogs like Jalen Waddle in the NFL doing, you know. So I, if if that's his – if that's what he can do, I mean, I'm not saying that it's one-to-one or it's going to translate, but if he can step into the NFL and can be a receptions guy, you know, that's, that's huge. Um, but just as former tight end myself, I just need to shout out a dude real quick. Sal Canella is also – um, absolutely yeah. balling right now for the Renegades. Um, he's got 141 receiving yards on 16 catches so far this season, um, which is which is solid for a tight end. Um, not saying he's Travis Kelsey of the XFL, but <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> let me let me uh, sit down there. <laughs> but uh, no, he's doing awesome, um, and it's it's fun to watch him play every single week. I, I really like him a lot. So a lot of players to watch, a lot of players to love in the XFL. Yeah, I I agree with. What you're, you mentioned on Canela, too, uh, he's really cool to see. I think he's going to be a tight end, kind of be a, a highlighted tight end, kind of making the jump potentially. Uh, yeah. Again, yeah, making names for themselves in this fun little league called the XFL. So that was week three. Now shift a little bit of focus here into week four, because as of recording, it is now Tuesday. This will release on a Wednesday, and we've got football this weekend. Uh, it's another, another weekend of Saturday and Sunday football, um, yep, instead of jam-packing two. a Sunday, uh, yep. Two and two, no Thursday night. We have to wait until week five, but I'm not complaining. We're still getting XFL. <laughs> As I said, we've got two games Saturday. First one is between the three and O Houston Roughnecks at the O and three Orlando guardians, uh, guardians chasing that first win. And I don't see it happening against this Roughnecks team, but if there's any game to win to really reshape your season, this is it. Uh, that would be that'll be an exciting one um, if they can do that. But I'm not expecting that personally. Then you've got the San Antonio Brahmas sitting at one and two, heading over to the Seattle Sea Dragons up in Seattle. Two one and two teams facing off. They are the Saturday night game at. 7 p.m. or 10 p.m. Eastern time, 7 p.m. Uh, Pacific time. And that's going to be a late one. But if there's any late games to have, put on put on the Seattle Sea Dragons. I can watch them <laughs> all night long. You know, Kyle, just to jump in real quick on that game, I think that that's two teams. Uh, I think we talked about it last week a little bit, but two teams that are better than the record indicates. Um, they're yeah. both one and two, but I think that they both deserve to be two and one. Um, so this is actually, even though it doesn't look like a real appealing game, this is one of the games that I kind of have circled for this weekend. Yeah, I agree. Especially on a Saturday night, that's going to be a good one. Wow. Both of these are technically Saturday nights, uh, with the Roughnecks awesome. and Guardians facing off at 7 PM <laughs> at night. And then you got one three hours later. Oh yeah. Give me two night games. But then next day, Sunday, we've got, I think that's at 4 p.m. We've got the Renegades heading over to St. Louis, facing off against the Battlehawks. And the Battlehawks in St. Louis hosting the first game of the se- their first game of the season. Man, I don't know if you've been seeing, but St. Louis, the dome is going to be popping to this weekend. Uh, <laughs> I think I think they're like 
just a bit short of filling up like the top top deck and that's huge that's huge for an xfl game this is going to be the largest crowd i think we've seen at a an xfl game this season it's awesome and that that stadium is going to be going to be partying uh because st louis (laughs) has football again two two and one teams facing off one of them is going to one of them is going to be three and one uh the other one's going to go right back down to 500 and then sunday night uh 7 p.m 7 p.m eastern for for you west coast fellows the vegas vipers head head on up to dc to face off face off the defenders vipers sitting there at zero and three uh, and they got to make their way into what is currently the probably the best fan base, which may be may be overtaken by St. Louis this weekend. DC's got a, a rocking stadium right now. These fans are pumped. The beer snake is back, and that just fires them up. And they're sitting at three and zero. So you've got the vibe. You've, we've got two matchups this weekend of an zero and three team facing off against a three and zero. And I find it hard to see any of these 0-3 teams getting a win. Um, yeah, I think so. Um, I, I, I don't really – I think the gap is smaller on the Defenders and the Vipers, but that's strictly because I think that the Roughnecks are the best team and the Guardians are the worst team. I think that maybe the Defenders are the second-best team and the Vipers are the second-worst team. So I guess that maybe that's the game I expect to be closer just by kind of process of elimination there. Yeah, I'd agree. But man, I I'm still expecting good games. I think this past weekend we saw two of the four games ending with like last minute I, just possessions. Um, mm-hmm. Whether it was just to hold on to the ball and win, or it, basically they came down to the line. And I think we're going to see that every week. At least two of these four games are going to be close, and that's the beauty of it all. And I I could see. I could see a scenario where all four of these games kind of stick that close, close gap, but man, that, oh, good luck guardians. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. Uh, And a special good luck to the renegades jumping into St. Louis for the first time. You know what? Maybe the guardians have home field advantage going for them. Who knows? Maybe, maybe that's what they've been missing. It's, it's been a long way away from home. Maybe they need to just get back to the, the guardian dome or whatever it's called. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's a Camping World Stadium. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> we'll just go with Guardian Dome. <laughs> the Guardian Dome, I, I do like, uh, and and maybe maybe the new QB kind of steps in. Maybe he starts. Maybe he plays for them. Maybe he's got a a few goal line plays for them. Who knows? Maybe I I could picture the Guardians have something brewing, and I hope that they do. Uh, because yeah. If I could, I could also see where they start out zero and four, and that could be a, a tough season for them. It definitely, definitely. All right, Zach. Now that we've mentioned these games, let's get into some game picks. Um, so you you had a rough week last week. Um, I, I won't mention. I I wasn't going to mention it, but you you went two and six. We won't talk about it. <laughs> we won't talk about it. Uh, I I hit I was batting five hundred four and four. Moving on, it's week four. Let's get into these game picks. Roughnecks at the Guardians, Zach. Roughnecks have an eight and a half point spread in their favor. Over under set at 37 and a half. What you got for me? I am hammering the uh, Roughnecks minus eight and a half. Um, and as for the over under at 37 and a half, I'm going to go under as well. The Roughnecks have proven that they have one of the best defenses in the league. 
Um, only given up 13 points this past week. Uh, I think 13 points. Let me just double check that. Yep, 13 points to the Brahmas, who I, I like. I think the Brahmas are a decent team. They put up 30 the week prior. And knowing that the Guardians only put up nine on the 0-3 Renegades, I'm going to go with the under. So give me the Roughnecks minus 8.5 and, and give me the under 37.5. Give me the Guardians plus 8.5. Whoa! Right. I, I, <laughs> I'm picturing a close game. And I don't. I, I say close, and I mean like a like a a four to seven point range, mostly because the way that they kind of kept they kept Houston, they kept Arlington the, the Renegades kind of in check, kept that to a low scoring game. Uh, I think this is just going to be an oddly defensive matchup. Uh, so yeah, give give me give me Orlando plus eight and a half, and again under thirty seven and a half. I like that. I can I can tell you what you're picturing. You're picturing the Guardian Dome, and you're thinking that place is going to be jumping. <laughs> <laughs> the Guardian Dome with its open roof. It's, it's not even be a dome. Park. It's just a field. It's not even a dome. <laughs> it's probably a parking lot for all we know. <laughs> uh, in Orlando, it's probably a swamp. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> but man, ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> let's get that guardian dome partying and pumping and it's at, let's see it under 37 let's get it jumping i'm for it next game saturday night san antonio brahma is heading up to seattle to face the sea dragons sea dragons are minus four and a half point favorite over under set at 40 and a half what you got uh, I'm going to take the Brahmas plus four and a half here. Uh, I think the Sea Dragons are a win by the skin of their teeth type of team. Um, and I think that at this, we talked about a little bit earlier, this one and two matchup where I think they're both better than one and two. Um, I think it's going to be close. And I think actually the over is going to hit in this game. So I'm going to take over 40 and a half. I'm picturing somewhere right around 23-20, 22-20, something along those lines. Um, so give me the Brahmas plus four and a half, over 40 and a half. Yeah, I think I'm going to copy both of those. Brahmas are going to keep it a little bit close. You mentioned it. Uh, Seattle plays really close football games and the over. <laughs> close close high-scoring games is the the game that the Sea Dragons love to play. So I'm with you. Brahmas 4.5 and, and over 40.5. Next tick, Arlington Renegades heading into the into the, the Battle Hawks Dome. So we're jumping from the Guardians Dome into the into, into the St. Louis one. And we've got Battle Hawks have our four-point favorites at minus four. Over-under set to 36 and a half. I think I'm going to jump with the St. Louis Battle Hawks at minus four. I feel like this home, I feel like this is where we really see for one of the first times DC kind of excluded first times this season where home field advantage really shows. And I think St. Louis is going to be rocking uh, just as much as Orlando. So give me Battle Hawks minus four over 36 and a half. All right. So for this one, I've been looking at it and I think that I'm going to have to go with the. Uh, I'm going to go Battle Hawks minus four. I think that that offense is potent and can put up points whenever they want. And I am going to go ahead and say that the under is going to hit on this game. I wasn't too impressed with the Renegades uh, offense this past week. I love my boy Sal there in the in the Renegades offense, but I don't I don't know their inability to score points worried me a little bit this past week. So I'm going to go under. Ah, under. Interesting. I kind of bank on St. Louis, AJ McCarron kind of being able to put up some points, but the Renegades, it's a good point, but I'm sticking with it. Give me the over. Next game, final game on the slate, 0-2 Vipers facing off against DC Defenders. Not defenders just 0-2, 0-3. Are... <laughs> oh, dang. 
I'm still stuck on last week. 0-3. That's right. That game did happen on Saturday. Facing off the, the against the defenders. Defenders are minus six-point favorites. Over-under set at 40.5. What are you thinking here? Oh, man. Well, the... Now, I'll remind you, I will remind you, these two teams faced off two weeks ago. This is a a very quick rematch. Okay. Uh, Again, from week two, from when they played in Vegas, they ended 18-6 in DC's favor. Well, you know what? That was a very kind reminder of you because I was just looking at, uh, I was looking at the other two games that the Vipers have played, ironically, the one not against the Defenders, and they put up points in those games. So I was like, oh, I'll also remind you. No, that you game was a downpour. Ah, uh, see, you're giving you're giving me thinking points here, man. You know what? I'm gonna do it. Uh, you know what? I I need to make up some ground on you, so I'm gonna go big or go home here. I'm gonna take the Vipers. That's uh, too plus big. six. That's too big. That's too much. <laughs> <laughs> Slow your roll, big guy. Um, I'm gonna go Vipers plus six, and I'm actually gonna take the over in this one. Uh, over forty and a half. Ooh, old of you. I'll I'll say nothing else. But that's bold um, because I'm going DC minus six. Uh, hasn't proved me wrong yet. Uh, can't bet the, against the boys. Can't, can't bet against the boys. And I, I haven't yet. And it hasn't proved me wrong. Uh, DC is rolling. Uh, and I don't see them stopping this week. I'm going to join you. Give me the over. Uh, yeah. I think, I, I think both teams can score offensively and defensively, as we've seen the defenders do. Um, but I, I think this is going to be. A good four, 44 point matchup, um, which I mean, hits the over 40 and a half. So let's Beautiful. see. It. Beautiful, dude. So hopefully, uh, I win a lot of these picks again, but you know, <laughs> I also, I also really hope that you, you kind of catch some ground on me. So I really hopefully hope I go six the- and two this week, not two and six. I, I'm hoping, uh, for your <laughs> sake. Um, but either way, those are our picks. Um, oh, I got to pull this up. I did want to, once again, that's week four. I also wanted to highlight our pick before we mm. close this out. We're up to 17 lovely, people, man. It's, it's awesome. We've got it. We've got a group. That's for sure. Um, and they're, I think they're doing a little too good, um, for my <laughs> liking, but I will say we've got a, a dang good group here. Um, and let's expand it, uh, free to join, free to play to XFL pick them. Uh, I will have the link and the code, which is like F six seven nine eight. It's a bunch of letters and numbers. Um, that will all in be the in description. the description. It's all you yes. need to know. It'll be there. Uh, but jump in. It's free to play. You've got to toss zero dollars in. It's just going through and making a pick based on the stats that they give you. For example, let's see. What's the number one pick this week? Orlando QB Paxton Lynch led his team in rushing week three with 43 yards. The most rushing yards Lynch had in college at Memphis was 52 in 2015. Will Lynch have over under 20 and a half rushing yards against Houston? And that's an interesting one because it's in the Guardian Dome, but the Guardians also just signed a quarterback. So I'm not telling you my pick. That's up to you, the viewer, if you'd like to join to make the pick. Make a wager. It's like you have 300 footballs to wager on that, uh, and 10 other, eight or I guess nine other picks. So it's 10 picks, pick an over under, and it's just a lot of fun. We've got a little small group that we're looking to grow. So feel free, jump in. Link and code will be in the description. 
uh, it's really cool. And I think in the future weeks, we're going to discuss kind of giving away a cool little, cool little prize. So jump but in. Uncle Squirrely, I'm still coming for you. Don't think I forgot. <laughs> Uncle Squirrely, I'd watch out. That's a threat. <laughs> uh, oh, I jumped ahead of him. Good. You did. Go. Good luck, Uncle Squirrely. <laughs> right now, we've got a new guy, Turbo Days, jumping up in our first. In first. Uh, good luck, guys. We're catching you. Um, but that's it for us. That's it for XFL Weekly for now. Uh, feel free, like, subscribe, comment, let us know. Um, oh, I had the poll from last week. Um, and surprisingly, the number one team, like in fan base, at least the people who responded to the polls. Um, Zach, I want you to make a guess. Who do you think it was? Um, I'm thinking Battlehawks. I really do. That would have been my guess, but that wasn't it. Uh, Battlehawks tied for second with the Roughnecks. Um, number one team in our in our poll, Seattle Sea Dragons, and understandably so, that oh, offense wow. is killing it. They have leaders in all three pat and pass rush and receiving. So good, go- good job, guys. I'll probably have another poll. Um, probably asking for your game of the week because right now my game of the week uh, is probably the Renegades versus Battlehawks. Um, I think if I had to pick mine, um, I'm going to say the Brahmas and the Sea Dragons. I think that that's uh, – I keep highlighting that, two one and two teams, and I think that that's going to be the most exciting game of the week. There you have it. I'll have the poll. Tell me your your game of the week. Um, if you're listening on Spotify, there's a poll. And if you want to just comment where you're not on Spotify, let me know your favorite game of the week. Um, i just like to know. So, again, thank you for tuning in. Uh, it's always a pleasure, Zach. It was a pleasure chatting XFL with you. And always. We'll, we'll see you guys next week.